Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. All right, before we take our seats, let's just quickly declare the word of understanding as we usually do. Are we ready? All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. All right, God, we speak to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. He will speak to you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. He will give you understanding and clarity. Amen. And he will put confidence, the confidence of faith and trust in him in your soul. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Now, let me just quickly get into this. We are going to be here for just a short while. Before I go into my teaching, I can give you a few encouraging words. One of the prayers that I believe the Holy Spirit tells me to pray, okay, is from the book of Isaiah. Uh, chapter, I think, 42. Don't bother opening to it. Let me be sure it's 42. God was speaking about himself. Sorry, it's Isaiah chapter 44. You know, know what he said? Thus says the Lord, verse 24. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the womb. I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth all alone. Now, please follow this verse 25. Causing the omens of boasters to fail. Making fools out of diviners. Causing men to draw back and turning their knowledge into foolishness. Now that's one prayer I've been praying. You can join me in praying it and you may say, what is the prayer about? And I'll tell you. It's simple. It's that, you know, in all of this, people have had projections. That, um, one guy actually said that we are saying that there are not many cases in Nigeria. That from... By the time Hitler hit 90, till they hit 1,000, was like a week. Yeah, are you getting my point? Well, between the 90 and 110 for us has been a week. Yeah, are you getting my point? So the, all kinds of projections that this thing, government has better get ready. It's going to be devastating, all kinds of arguments. But I have some, some of my colleagues on my side. I won't lie, my thoughts are colored by my faith. Do you understand? But one of my colleagues, who I don't know whether he has that kind of faith, but he, and he's in the center of it, he works in Naima. Okay? Naima is a Nigerian Institute for Medical Research. Okay? So he was explaining to them that today, he shared something this morning, and I was so blessed by it. I was very, very encouraged. Now, I'm talking about the omen of diviners and the people who predict. They've drawn this, we go like, we go like this. One prayer I just kept on praying is God, let them be confounded. Let them be disappointed. According to your name that you have shown us in this scripture, you will cause the omens to fail. You will cause the, uh, you will make fools out of people who can predict. Wise men, you will cause them to draw back and turn their foolish, their knowledge into foolishness. And it's going to do it. Somebody say amen. amen. It's going to do it. You know, there's one massive uh, tent hospital that GT Bank donated in Lagos. We will use it for wedding and Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's the prayer we have prayed, okay? I just want to encourage a few people. So, you know, somebody share something. Let me look what I can find it. Talking about a man that had a headache, you no know, fever, trembling, 
all kinds of things. Doctor said it is not coronavirus. It is too much news of coronavirus as your problem. That you are sick from coronavirus news. And I want to advise everybody, stop reading the news. You, you already have enough information. Let me give you a summary of the medical information available. Let me give the summary. One, there is no cure. Two, it spreads easily. Three, you can prevent it by washing your hands and not touching your face. That's all you need to know. Four, even if you get infected, you are not likely to die. No, no, not about prayer. I'm giving you medical information. On the average, it kills less than 2% of people. What it just does, just for your information, is that it overwhelms the medical facility in every country. It overwhelms it. It overwhelms. So those 2% or less that is going to really take, take, it can be very difficult to handle them. So it will have overwhelmed all the resources of country. That's why you hear it. Don't think it kills so many people. Ebola kills 10, Ebola's killing rate is between 30 and 50%. If you get a weak strain of Ebola, it's 30%. If you get a strong one, it's about 50 to 55. Those are things that kill. Coronavirus takes like between... Italy has been the worst, taking about 10%. And, but they said that the problem in Italy is that they don't test enough. That if they tested enough, they will find out that it affected many people. That Germany tests a lot, so they say it kills less than 1% in Germany. Nigeria, they say, go and test, go and test. I don't waste my time. If you come and say you want to test me, I'll slap you. Not because of anything that... Don't waste the money. Like, those tests are costly. People, patients do pay for themselves to get screened in Nigeria. Pay 35,000 naira. It's PCR. It's not you dip something. It's polymerase chain reaction. You know, it's, it's an expensive test. Anyway, that's not part of my message. My message is that don't worry your head. What did I say? Don't worry your head. Just relax. Okay? What did I say? Relax. relax. And please, enough bad news. Stop reading them. So this one kills, it doesn't concern you. I hope you're getting my point. Mm-hmm. The Lord is good. So, and that just, I just want to give you a, a few of that um, information to us and encourage us a bit. The consequence, of course, as you can see, worldwide, everything's been shutting down. And I believe that that's the main target of this whole thing. People have been humbled. Oh, people have been humbled. People have been humbled. In India, they said nobody should go out. They Close all the rail stations, all the bus stations. People carry the load on their head, and they are trekking 300 kilometers. They say, I have to go home. No bus, no train. I trek. Litra, 300 kilometer treks. <laughs> Dina's been doing strange things all over the world. All right? Causing some people to panic seriously. Anyway, but that's not your portion in the name of Jesus. Uh, now, let me just preach something to us briefly, then we'll declare the word of God, and we'll be out of here. What I want to just quickly share with us briefly before we stand up to pray is uh, something I just titled briefly down. That's fixing your eyes on the Lord. Fixing your eyes on the Lord. Can we start from the book of Psalms, Psalm 121? I'm talking about fixing your eyes on the Lord. Psalm 121. If you are there, say amen. If you are not there, say please wait for me. All right, we're all there now. Okay. Now, read verse 1 twice. First, the same, first way it is written in the Bible, and then the way commentaries have said it should be read. He said, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From whence shall my help come? Now, I read commentaries, different ones analyzing this. That is actually a question that David was asking. That should I lift my eyes to the mountains? Is that where my help will come from? <laughs> 
That's the question. Now the answer is from verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to sleep. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. He says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Now, quickly open to Psalm 123. He said, to thee I lift up my eyes, O thou who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he shall be gracious to us. Be gracious to us, O Lord, be gracious to us, for we are greatly filled with contempt. Our soul is greatly filled with the scoffing of those who are at ease and with the content of the proud. Now, why I read this, the main text I want from there is verse, um, verses 1 and 2. It says, To thee I lift up my eyes. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, and the eyes of the maid to the mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he is gracious to us. Please bear that, those scriptures in mind. Now, I want to just quickly explain this to us for a few minutes. And that's that in every situation, be careful where you keep your eyes. Now, let me say something to us. Right? What you are thinking and what you are doing often are two different things. What you are thinking and what you are doing often are two different things. I said before that faith is not how you think. It's not the amount of information you have in your heart. Faith, the real reflection of faith is how you are behaving. That's the real reflection of faith. It's not what you are thinking. It's not the number of scriptures that you have memorized. It is how you are behaving that is a real indication of the faith that is in your heart. So let's be careful where we keep our eyes, especially in a time like this where everybody is talking about pandemic, COVID-19 and all of that. Sometimes you can get so overwhelmed with information. And the reason is simply because that is where your eyes are fixed. Many people, their eyes are on the scientists to quickly bring out what? Vaccines or find a treatment. It happens subtly. So that's what I want to share with us briefly on how to keep your eyes on the Lord. It's important because, listen to me, spiritual things are real. If you keep your eyes on the Lord, he will come through. I hope you're getting my point. There was a time the people of Israel were beaten by serpents. And Moses prayed for them. They sinned, and of course, Moses now prayed for them. And the Lord said to Moses, this is a healing for the people. You make, you take um, a bronze and make a serpent, and you put it on a standard that is on a pole, and you put it where everybody can see it. And anyone who will look at that serpent will be healed. And we've talked about that before. He said, now if you read in a, a, a simple translation, say whoever will look, but Amplified explained it, that looking is not a glance. You have to keep your eyes, that's what I'm talking about it now, you have to keep your eyes focused it's not that you just come there, take a glance, and walk away and expect the power in that structure that Moses had put in place to come into your life. No. 
it, was, it had to be a steady and absorbing gaze. It had to be something you looked out until you got healed. I hope you're getting my point. It's not as if okay, Moses said we should look, and the family is dragging the man, come and look, come and look, come and look. Or a young man has been you know, beaten by the snake, come and look. He just goes there, okay, I like the snake, it's a fine snake, let's go. No. You have to stay there, fix your eyes on the serpent. It had to be, like Amplify said, a steady and absorbing gaze. You had to contemplate. Now, please, that's very important. You must know the power of contemplation. You had to contemplate that serpent. You had to look at it. In fact, and the easy way to do it, I'm just thinking about it now. If you get there, once I, I read a book, a man was, I think it was Hitler's Digest. A woman was describing how a blind man taught him how to see. Did you hear that? And it's a very beautiful, just follow this. That somebody who could not see taught him how to see. They were going for, I think it was an opera or a show, a, a theater show, something like that. And he saw this man with his stick. He couldn't see. So I think it was a woman, or any of this person, shall I just assume it was a lady. So the man, like he greeted the man. So the man asked for her help. That, well, can you just help me into the theater and everything? And he was wondering, she was only like, excuse me, what's going on here? You are coming to watch a show and you don't see. You know, it's perplexing. Imagine somebody coming to watch football. And you say, ah, I say, look, I've come Manchester United or Eimba, my favorite team. And you know that this person does not see at all. You will wonder, won't you? That there must be something else he's looking for. Anyway, this woman led this man in. They sat together, requested to sit with her. They sat together. So the participants came on stage. He started asking questions that made this person who could see realize that she had not been seen. I don't know whether you're getting my point. <laughs> he just asked, he asked simple questions like, what's the color of their nails? And he don't know this fellow, whether a man or a woman, that I've never checked that before. So he would, she would describe, please, I'm just taking the sheet because that's the first that came to my mouth. She would describe the nails of, the, of those people one by one. What's the color of the garments they are wearing? She would describe. The lead actor, what does it look like? How is his hair made? By the time this guy finished asking questions, he could not see. He had taught somebody who could see to see. The guy left that place that day, or the lady left that place that day, realized that this is the first time I'm actually seeing. <laughs> because the man was painting a picture in his mind. So he needed somebody to describe what was there so he could paint it. And in that process, he helped the person with eyes use them properly. He asked so many questions about the setting of the stage, where the chairs are kept, what the lights are like. He was asking questions. This fellow was describing. So he wrote an article, The Day a Blind Man Helped Me to See. What am I going to say? Contemplating that serpent, that's what we're talking about. If you wanted to look at it, you learn from that blind man. You get there. First, what is the length? What quality of bronze do I think was used? How is it shaped? Is it twisting clockwise or counterclockwise? I hope you're getting my point. How does it reflect in the sun? By the time you finish, one hour will pass, you are still describing the serpent. You will get healed. Because you'll have had a steady and absorbing gaze. But if you went there with like, what's Moses up to? Dying, you shall die. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point here. We must learn to contemplate. Now, in every situation, 
No, God keeps on saying I'm God and there's none else. What, does, what that means is that other things are always trying to be God. When we, when we vaccines come out, vaccine is not God. What treatment have we found for COVID-19? Doctors are not God. You think as at two days ago, he had killed 51 doctors in Italy. That was about two days ago. I don't know about now. And you know the number keeps increasing. Simple God is saying, that not, you people, you are not God. Your hospital systems are not God. In every situation, who is God is one thing you must first define. And we're talking about keeping your eyes on God. That's why I give that example of the serpent. You know how you do it? I gave a number of things. From what I've said so far, in, because you can't see God, they don't draw an image. So you can't put an image of God there. So what do you do? It's simple. You start observing, that is, you start meditating upon what the Bible describes him as. For example, you're talking about, for me, and that's so beautiful. As a Christian, for example, they talk about this is, look, learn to use the Bible word. Don't let science cripple your ability to reason. It's not a virus, it's a plague. It's pestilence that wastes at noon day. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Use biblical words for yourself, you know, because they make it look as though those days they called it pestilence because they had not discovered viruses. Virus is in modern English for pestilence. So it is in the Bible. No plague shall, is, is in the Bible. It's a plague. It's pestilence. Diseases that spread, alright, they've been there for a long time. So it's been described in the scriptures. And if you check it, these things are spiritually determined. They are spiritually determined. Just go and read Revelation, you see them there. An angel will get, get sorry, a, a rider on a horse will go out to ride. And they will tell you, the name of this rider is Death. And when it starts riding, listen to me. If scientists are there, they will tell you, you see, somebody who discovered a virus or bacteria shouldn't come and tell me. It, 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 and the person telling that there's no God, it's not spiritual. Is that saying I discovered a bullet, so nobody fired the gun? I don't know whether you're getting my point. For example, now somebody falls down and dies and is bleeding. We we'll go there, and I say he was shot. Then you now say, hey, I'm a pathologist. I'm a pathologist. I'm a forensic pathologist. Now come and open, dissect the body out. The person is dead, and you find the bullet. He says, sorry, he wasn't shot. Come and see the bullet. Wouldn't you think he's stupid? The fact that you have discovered the bullet does not change the fact that somebody had to load a gun somewhere, aim it in his direction, either deliberately or accidentally, fire, and it is that traveling bullet that killed the man. So you don't hold the bullet responsible, you hold who fired it. And Saul died for the trespass he committed against the Lord. The Bible says, so God killed him. Are you getting my point? And you know God didn't come physically now to the battleground. I hope you're getting my point. I'm talking about to contemplate God. One of the things you do is contemplate his works. Don't let anybody, it's not a game of chance. All the people that will be sick and will die from this pestilence, their names are written ahead. Their names are written ahead. Angels will be told, go out and go and mark those it will not touch at all. If people are supposed to die, you say, go and mark those it will not touch. When God sent calamity into Judah, he told Jeremiah, I will give you your life. As a... So there was nothing you could do to kill Jeremiah. He was not alive by chance. 
These are, you see, these are the things you contemplate. And your eyes are on the Lord. You contemplate these things. Give it the proper name. It's pestilence. You'll be able to interpret it from scriptures. So when you want to pray, you remember that, Lord, you know you promised. No evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling place. You remember, just because you, you've given these things their proper names, you will see what the Bible says about them. Talking about, you will not be afraid of the terror by night, of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, and the destruction that lays waste at noon. That's where it fits. I hope you're getting my point here. Instead of sitting down and arguing whether it was cooked in a, in a scientific lab, or because Chinese people eat bats, do you get my point? Instead of sitting down and arguing on all of that, give it its proper name. Because when you properly describe it, it becomes easier for you to see the influence of the power of God on what is going on. Some people may disagree. If not heard me say devil about all of the, all this while about this. I call it the judgment of God, the anger of God, which, listen, I knew it would happen. Not, not this particular one. I knew something like this had to happen. And listen to me, something worse will happen shortly after. So don't think that this will die down, it will die out quickly. Trust me. But it is not, like they say, not yet Uhuru. No. Something worse will arise in its place. Whether it will be a virus or not, I don't know. That will kill much, it will kill 10 times. How many has this one killed? It has not even hit 60,000 deaths. That will kill 10 times this number of people. I don't have any doubt in my mind. That's one. When? I don't know. What it will be like, I have no idea. But that, you know, I've said it for a long time, that people will get up every morning, be insulting God. He's slow to anger, but eventually he gets angry. And tremble, O earth, before the Lord. When he's angry, you don't want to be there. Why am I talking like this? So that when you want to pray, you know how to pray for mercy. I am convinced this nation has received mercy. Yes. And the reason why it receives mercy is what the Bible calls the salt of the earth. There are the people of God that are inside. They are calling for his mercy. And I'm, look, I'm just watching it. What I keep believing God for every time is at the end of the day, they will start analyzing what happened and what did not happen. When God will have confounded all the predictions. When will have turned the wisdom of the wise to foolishness. I hope you getting my point. We're talking about contemplating God. Focusing on Him. How do you do it? How do you keep your eyes on God? He said, as the eyes of the servant look to the hand of the master, so our eyes are on you, O God. First of all, is what you th- how you think about everything that is going on. Not just about God himself, because in the midst of all of this, you'll be able to understand and meditate upon the supremacy of God. A lot of people think chance is more powerful than God is. What do I mean? It's simple. You think things happen by chance. If you think things happen by chance, you are saying chance is more powerful than God is. But God said, no, I'm God and there's none else. As far as God is concerned, there's no chance on this earth. I hope you're getting my point. 
If you toss a coin up, head or tail, God determines where to land. Believe what I've just said, not a joke. If you are trying to decide who will get this handkerchief, who will get this napkin, hmm? I will take a coin and toss it up. God determines whether it will be head or tail. He determines it. If you like, look, and if you do that 100,000 times, each time he says to the coin, drop head, drop tail. Chance is no more powerful than God. If he likes, he will use the laws around to arrange what he has predetermined. I hope you are getting my point. There's nothing like chance. There's nothing like chance with God. There is nothing like chance with God. That man, ah, he didn't look, he didn't check, he didn't cross the, he didn't check when he was crossing the road, so a car hit him. You don't know anything about death. That's why you say things like that. You know nothing. You've never read your Bible enough. If you read your Bible enough, (laughs) some people went to sacrifice. Pilate was angry. He sent the soldiers. They killed them. The Bible says he mingled their blood with that of the sacrifices. They came to Jesus. Jesus said, except you repent, you will likewise perish. He didn't say it was an accident. It was a determined judgment for iniquity. I was still listening to, was it um, David Pawson a few days ago? And he told a story, which I've heard it before, but I forgot it until I listened to him recently again. There's no chance in this level. Say a man was in a plane. Let's make a long story short. A big plane landed on another one. And it's happened a number of times. Maybe pilot didn't see something. or So a bigger plane crushed a smaller plane on the ground. Make a long story. Both planes burst into flames. He was sitting in one of the planes. I think it was a smaller one. The man who experienced this was describing what happened. Everybody was talking about people being angry with God. That people were cursing God as flames, as the flames would consume them. Yes. They were, of course, bitter. If you're a sinner, you can't repent. If you say, when I want to die, I'll repent. I lie. When you see your judgment, you'll be angrier. You will sin some more just before you die. It's not the time you think. When is it? Today is the day of salvation. That is not the joke. It's not tomorrow. Make a long story short. Say the man was observing this, a Christian. And he saw the flames coming towards him. And he knew he was gone too. So he just bowed his head and said to the Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit. Something like that. Commit himself to the Lord and God ready to die. Next, he had an explosion. Boom! Whatever it is under his seat exploded. Something happened. There was one explosion under his seat. That one just threw him into the air. Forcefully. Okay, yeah, it was in a smaller plane. Because the bigger plane had opened the top of their plane when he hit it. The small crack inside, the explosion threw him through it onto the grass below. Scratched his hand as he was passing through. That was the only injury he had. He got up, shook his clothes. Everybody bones in the plane, he survived. And look, there is no, it's not a game of chance. Chance is not God. You know what he said? I am God and there is none else. Number one way, okay, okay, not as number, not as in matter of, I'm not prioritizing the importance, just breaking it down. To f- keep your eyes, he said, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of the maid to the hand of their mistress, of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he is gracious to us. How to keep your eyes on the Lord is what I'm talking about. 
how to contemplate that serpent and not be bored. I hope you're getting my point. Every day, and l- listen to this, that's the problem of this device in your hand. That's the one problem it has. Learn how to use it properly. It's a serious temptation. Now, what's up, Chad? You know? Everybody's a specialist in coronavirus now. Everybody. And if you are angry at the, the secular people, the, the lay people, come to the medical side, you will see more confusion. As I said yesterday, there was still major confusion. WHO said you don't have to wear a mask if you are not sick or caring for a sick person. Yet another publication came out from another country saying that wearing a mask for everybody reduces infection. So doctor said confusion. I know you, you thought you had you saw confusion on Facebook. Go to where doctors are gathered. There is still quarrel on whether chloroquine works or it does not work. In fact, my classmates the other day <laughs> joked because somebody posted something that communities where they t- take BCG, you know what they call BCG, immunization for children, that where they take it a lot, the infection is less severe. Another one showed that where they have a lot of malaria. Infection is less severe. We've been having all kinds of... No, no, don't believe any one of them yet. So somebody in my office, now, in my, one of my classmates said, we'll soon see things like when people bath hot water, the infection is less severe. <laughs> all kinds of things are outside there. All kinds. So if you think it's just on Facebook, you see confusion. Come to the medical circles. And really what that simply means is that there are so many questions that they need answers for. At the end of everything, they will find their answers for. By that time, the disease will, be, will have run its course. You now start comparing. Okay, I can imagine the number of publications that will show up between now and two years' time. They will follow up the patients for the next five years. You will see a paper published after five years. Five years follow-up on COVID survivors. You will see. Solomon said that making of books, what? There is no end. You go see, you go tired. All of these things are competing for one thing. Your attention. The time you should spend focusing on the Lord, you'll be analyzing whether the coronavirus survives on wood or survives in the ceiling. They say it can be carried by a wind. He say, Mugbe. Every day I see me, I just, I, I keep laughing. It doesn't mean I'm not aware of it. Look, trust me, I know all those molecules they are talking. I know, at least I know more than the average person. If I know more than the average doctor, I do. It's not natural intelligence, it's just that's my job. <laughs> I'm forced to know about it. I know how it kills. I know why it kills. But like I told one of my classmates, he said, do we yet know why apparently healthy people just become severely sick and die? I said, because the angel of death does not check whether you were sick or not when he wants to kill you. He will just take his sword and sink into your chest. He said, my friend, I'm very serious. Said, you think I'm joking? <laughs> That's what I told one of my classmates. He was writing from Canada. I said, you think me, I'm joking? I said, when your death has been determined, nobody cares whether you were sick before or you were not sick before. Then you, have, you, have, you look at it, you're stabbed in a bad place. That's it, you're, you're gone. It doesn't kill young people. Just killed a Nigerian student about to graduate yesterday in the U.S. Anyway, instead of spending all the time on all of those things, you spend the time, what? Focus on the Lord. Realizing that it's just simple things like death is not an accident. It's determined by the Lord. In his hand, or in his hands are the keys of death and of Hades. 
that's contempt. That is, first, you think about this all the time. Next, you put it in your mouth. That's the next thing. You put it in your mouth. You wake up at night. Let me tell you how to kill fear. Talk about the Lord. It works for me. And it works. Talk about the Lord to yourself. If you want to kill fear, you talk about the Lord. He's with me all the time. Ah, uh-uh, these things are not. Yeah, you're talking about God. The power of death is in the hands of the Lord. My death is not an accident. Jesus is the healer. If He shows me mercy, nothing can afflict me. It's whether He's showing mercy or He's not showing mercy. And because of my faith in Him, I have received mercy. And you declare that mercy. You're talking about the Lord to yourself. I've talked about, first of all, I talked about meditating. Thinking about how you think about him. Remember, we began all of this by explaining, that's one of the first points I made is, talking about how to look at that serpent. I talked about the, the person who said a blind man taught her how to see. And that's one of the things, I mean, I'm enjoying doing it. My Bible, now my digital Bible, is underlined hundreds of times in places where God is described and his works are described. One I added, started adding to it, I think late last year, if people say God does not do bad, I have started adding the one in which God says, I did kill person. I did injure people. <laughs> I kill people, I injure people, I curse people. I'm underlining that one too. All of them just describing God. So, sitting down, describing that serpent on the pole, that's you take different parts of him and describe. History. We talk about history. Biblical history. When David sinned and an angel was sent, and he began to kill. He had three days to execute the judgment, the anger of God upon the people. And David was there praying. First day, second day, halfway to the second day, the angel approached Jerusalem. The plague was about to hit Jerusalem. It didn't start from Jerusalem, it started from somewhere else. As it was about to hit Jerusalem, God looked at the city and first sorry and heard the prayers of David and said, Okay, go and offer the sacrifice. And David looked up and he saw that angel there. And he saw where it was hanging. Over the threshing floor of Arana. And he went there and said, let me buy this. I need to offer a sacrifice. And the man said, no, take everything you want. Animals for sacrifice. And David said, no, no, I can't offer to God that which I didn't pay anything for. You know? People now said that, um, <laughs> you know, when the, when the community wants to raise an offering. <laughs> when the pastor wants to raise an offering, they now call that thing. Say, look, if it's not costing you, you can't. No, listen, don't, don't misuse the scriptures. Something costs you. If I, if I, coming out today this morning, I had to pump my tire. One of my back tires was a bit down. I did not pump my tire with some, something that cost me nothing. All I paid the man was a hundred naira. Which you know, hundred naira. If I lose a hundred naira, I can't bend down to look for it. It's too much. It's a waste of my time. But did, did it cost me something? Did it cost me something? Yes, because the money was my own. It doesn't mean when I was paying the man, this hundred naira, oh, hundred naira, you are leaving me. After, after all these years we have been together, my hundred naira, and I get home. My wife said, why are you sad? I paid the man hundred naira. It cost me. That's no, look, that is a, let's sit on our message. That was when David made that statement. God now accepted the sacrifice from his hand. And that judgment was stayed. You think about that. That was a plague. That was a pestilence. Any name you call it, virus, bacteria, whatever it is, 
It was God that stayed the hand, and it was an angel that was executing it as it was going on. You think about that. By doing that, you're focusing on the Lord. And like I said, you kill fear by talking about the Lord. Can I just say something? I believe in confessing what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Amen? Yes. But sometimes, I've seen a lot of times, Christians get carried into pride. They become conceited in themselves. God made them something in Christ, but they boast on what he has made them. They don't boast on what, who God is. I don't know what I get at my point. The boast is too much, I'm an overcomer. I'm walking in power. I have power. I have power. I'm an overcomer. No. No. Your boast should be what? In the Lord. Some, no, sometimes, if, if you've seen those who practice this new age thing, you understand? And Christians sometimes confess. The confessions are so similar. And there's a problem. The problem is that the new age man focuses so much on himself. And when we Christians focus on ourselves also, we are falling into that trap. We should focus on what we are in Christ. Emphasis must be where? In Christ. If we have to talk about ourselves. More importantly, when we are talking, we should be talking about the Lord. We should, mag- David said, magnify the Lord with me. For example, am I an overcomer? Yes, I'm an overcomer. But is that the emphasis? No. The emphasis is what? Christ has made me an overcomer. In Christ, I'm a winner. God is with me. My God is on my side. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. All powers are with him. Nothing can assail him. And I'm hidden in him. See, the gist about myself is minimal. The, the emphasis is not about me. The emphasis is on who? The Lord. That's how you kill fear. If you want to kill fear, focus on Christ. Focus on the Father. Talk about him. Just give him the glory. Just walk around. You're, you're talking to yourself. Because don't focus. You know, after the, it's, a, it's a battle for attention. It's a battle for attention. One of the things I notice is that I pick my Bible a lot of times. And I pick my device a lot of times. And I'm always reading latest news, updates, and all of that. Ah, I ask myself, what's wrong with you? But there's a button here. Tap on it. It pops up your Bible. So when I pick my device now, I, I deliberately my, make my finger go there. I tap on it. Even if it's Revelation chapter 20, I will read one line. I will just read something. Because every time you are staring, you are reading news, updates, what are people saying now? I say, no. Let me see what the Lord has been saying. He talked about himself. I, the Lord, am your Redeemer. The one who formed you from the womb. I am the maker of all things. Stretching out the heavens by myself. Spreading out the earth all alone. Causing the omens of boasters to fail. Making fools out of diviners. Causing wise men to draw back. And turning their knowledge into foolishness. Confirming the word of his servant. And performing the purpose of his messengers. Just, I just read that, that brief one. Sometimes I just open one sound. Quickly read one sound. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Yes, and we are glad. I just read that. You know, just keep, it's a battle for what? Attention. In this season, discipline yourself and give the attention to magnify the Lord. 
Basically, I've said three things. I have three points I've made. One, meditation. Meditation, what you think about. Meditation, what you see. That is, speaking to yourself is a discipline. Speak the word of God to yourself constantly. And third, what you say of the Lord. Let's read this quickly and then we'll be done with it. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. I want to read something. That is Psalm 91. Let me see the version I'll read. Because there's a particular way it's rendered which I really want to emphasize. That's the third point I was making on how to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. Now, if you read King James, that's the one that's the, the, the most well-known um, uh, quote there. He said, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, my verse 2, verse 2 is what I want to emphasize here. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Let me read that from the New Living Translation. He said, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. And let me just read verse 3. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Did you see that? The third point I was making is that, one, I talked about meditating, focusing on the Lord, analyzing him, telling his stories. Number two, overcoming fear with that muttering. The literal Greek, the literal Hebrew, meditation is to mutter. And then as part of these two things is the third point I've, I've been bringing out. What do you say of the Lord? One, make sure that your meditations are about the Lord. And what are you saying of the Lord? Whether we like it or not, we, in fact, we have magnified, people magnify science. That this kind of thing, it came out of a lab. They were discovered, they were trying to, what was it? They wanted to make a biologic weapon and they escaped. You know, when you have read too many Jeffrey Archer, Robert Ludlum, Sidney Sheldon novels, yeah, are you getting my point? You will be thinking thoughts like that. Somebody said, ah, don't underestimate the power of these scientists. I said, that's not the issue. Before they became this powerful, plagues were there. Did they create smallpox? Did they create what is called plague? That disease is called plague. You know, there's a disease called plague. Plagues we use for everything. But it's what is called plague. When it's used the word plague in medical science, a particular disease, the thing could kill father. Plague was, it was bacterial. This is all this one, a viruses. It was bacterial, but it could kill. Who produced it? Let's focus on who? The Lord. Let's talk about him all the time. Let's try to have it. We have to close now. We just have a few minutes. Like I said, they are closing this plaza down in a short while. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's say, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. Let us say, Lord, we thank you. For teaching me, for keeping my eyes on you, say, Lord, I say thank you. Let's just, let's declare a few scriptures. Just say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Say, be gracious to us, O Lord. Everybody say that. Be gracious to us, O Lord. Be gracious to us. For we are greatly filled with contempt. Speak loud. Our soul is greatly filled. Our soul is greatly filled. 
with the scoffing of those who are at ease. And with the contempt of the proud. Say, be gracious to us, O Lord. Say, our help comes from the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. He will not allow our feet to slip. He who keeps us will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is our keeper. The Lord is our shade at our right hand. The sun will not smite us by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect us from all evil. Let me say to you, the Lord will protect you from all evil. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Say, he will keep my soul. Say that. He will, keep my soul. He will guard our going out, will guard our going and, out. Our and our coming in. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Say it, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I, the of the I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Concerning the Lord, I say, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. In Him I trust. He will rescue me from every trap and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with His feathers and under His wings I have refuge. He is a faithful God. I will not be afraid by night because of the terror thereof. I will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noon. Say, none will come near me in the name of Jesus Christ. Say, no evil will befall me and no plague will come near your dwelling place. And no plague will come near my dwelling place. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say he has given his angels charge concerning me. They will guard me in all my ways. They will bear me in their hands. They will cover my face. I will not inhale any virus. It's not only feet they can cover. I hope I get my point here. That's the truth. That's the truth. This is well with you in the name of Jesus. I say it is well with you in the name of Jesus. Listen, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you will trample down. The Bible says because you have loved him, therefore he will deliver you. He will set you securely on high because you have known his name. You will call upon him and he will answer you. He will be with you in the time of trouble. He He will rescue you. And you will honor him. Now listen to this. With long life you will be satisfied. And he will show you his salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's read this one quickly and then we close. Psalm 23. Say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for my Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He has anointed my head with oil. 
and my cup runs over. Now say this, surely, goodness, mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Please just give, take a minute and say, Father, I thank you. Because fear cannot take hold of me. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. Please just take a minute. Pray for your loved ones. Not everybody has faith like you have. Just pray for your elderly parents. They are hearing this news. They may be afraid. Your uncle, your auntie. And then can I ask you, give them a call after now. Say to them, I prayed for you. And I trust that the Lord has answered me and it shall be well with you. Give them a call. Give them a call. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Our Father will give you praise. In Jesus' name. And let's share the grace. Are we ready? Alright, I want to let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Can you just bless the people around you? Say, This is your season. Two more people. One more person. This is your season. And the last one for you. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, cheer up, brethren.